This is Anchor Points with Robert Quintana. God wants us to be happy. Every week, helping you discover the answers to some of life's biggest questions. There is a purpose for our lives. And applying them to help you grow closer in your walk with God. Messages straight from the pulpit of Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. What's going to drive you to your knees? Is it going to be fear or is it going to be love? Feel free to discover more like this at AriseForGod.com. And before we begin today's program, just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know how privileged we are to bring this broadcast to you each week. Now, we don't do this very often, but we're asking for your support. You know, this program can't exist without the generosity of people like you to keep it on the air. A lot goes into making Anchor Points possible, as you can imagine, including the cost of airtime on this local station and the production costs of putting it together, and it adds up real fast. So if this program has meant something to you and you'd like to make sure it continues without a hitch, please consider making a tax-deductible gift right now. You can make a secure gift online by going to ariseforgod.org and clicking Online Giving. You know, we hear from people all around the area who've been touched by this program and look forward to hearing the inspirational messages Pastor Robert Quintana shares each week. And you can have a part in spreading that message. Gifts of all sizes are appreciated. So again, thank you for taking a moment to make that gift to Anchor Points. Again, our website is ariseforgod.org and click Online Giving to make a secure pledge. Or call us during the week during business hours at 301 662 5254. That's 301-662-5254. Okay, that's it for now. Let's begin today's program. During the Spanish-American War, Clara Barton was overseeing the work of the Red Cross in Cuba. One day, Theodore Roosevelt, who was the colonel, came to her, wanting to buy food for his sick and wounded Rough Riders. But she refused to sell him any. Roosevelt was perplexed. His men needed the help, and he was prepared to pay out of his own funds. When he asked someone why he could not buy the supplies, he was told, Colonel, just ask for it. A smile broke over Roosevelt's face. Now he understood. The provisions were not for sale. All he had to do was simply ask, and they would be given freely. Now, that's the hallmark of a trustworthy person. We need to understand what it is that he has done, what it is that he is offering us, and we need to understand the plan of salvation. That's Robert Quintana, and today he shares the final lesson, why we can and why we should put our trust in God. And it boils down to one thing, with part three of In God We Trust. So I'm sure... um it's your experience that it's, it's harder and harder to trust in people, is it not? You know, Matthew chapter 24 says that the love of many will grow cold towards the end of time. And along with that love diminishing, it seems like the trustworthiness of people is also diminishing. The less and less you see the nature of God in people, the less likely it is You are to trust in them, and it's becoming harder and harder to trust in people. I came across this true story not too long ago about uh, a man by the name of Pepe Rodriguez. He was a notorious bank robber uh, during the wild, wild west days. 
And he lived in Mexico, and he would oftentimes, frequently go into Texas, rob banks, and then go back into Mexico before the Texas Rangers can catch up to him. Well, this went on for several years, and the authorities, the Texas Rangers, really were upset, were really embarrassed about what Pepe was doing to them. So they decided, you know what, enough's enough. We're going to take matters into our own hands, and even though we don't have jurisdiction in Mexico, we're going to follow him into Mexico, and we're going to get our money back. So sure enough, after Pepe hit the last bank and, and was able to make it back into Mexico, the authorities said, we're chasing him. We're going after him. And they cornered him in a bar in Mexico. Unfortunately, Pepe didn't know English, and he needed a translator. And the only person in the bar that knew both Spanish and English was the bartender. So the authorities turned to the bartender and said, you tell Pepe that he needs to tell us where that money is right now or we're going to take him down. So the bartender turns to Pepe and said, listen, they mean business. They're for real. You need to tell them where you hid the money or else they're going to take you down right here, right now. And so Pepe puts his hands up and he says, look, I, I don't want any trouble. You know, I, I want to live. This money's not worth it to me. You tell them that the money is in the town well. All they need to do is count 17 stones down and behind that stone, they're going to find the money. And so the bartender turns to the authorities, to the Texas Rangers who were there with guns drawn. And he says to them, Pepe is a brave man. He says, you guys are a bunch of stinking pigs and he's not afraid to die. <laughs> Smart bartender. He retired the following week. He found that loot for himself. It's harder and harder to trust people, isn't it? And maybe this is why the Bible tells us time and time again not to put our trust in people, not to put our trust in government, in kings or in princes, not to put our trust in finances or our own resources, but to put our trust in God. Our scripture reading today was, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. We need to put our trust in God. But even putting our trust in God is difficult sometimes, isn't it? We find ourselves sometimes not knowing if we can trust in Him. We say things like, God, are you big enough? Are you strong enough? Do you even know how I feel? Do you even know what I'm going through? Now, time and time again, the Bible tells us he is trustworthy. He can be trusted. He is big enough. He is strong enough. He does know what you're going through. You can put your trust in him. But oftentimes we find ourselves in places where we're uncertain whether or not we can put our trust in him. And so that's what this series was all 
intended for? How can we strengthen our trust in God? Because there are, are real legitimate things that we can incorporate into our lives that can help us strengthen our trust in God. And part one of this series, we talked about prayer. Opening the lines of communication with God helps us to strengthen our trust in Him. You noticed when communication goes down in a relationship, so does the trust in that relationship. And so if we are to have a strong trust in God, we need to have those lines of communication open with Him. And one of the best ways that we can do that is through prayer. So we need to find time to pray. We need to make time to pray. Whether it's in the car, going to work, or to school, whether it's late at night when everyone's gone to bed and maybe you slip out of bed and you spend a good 15 minutes in prayer, we need to spend time in prayer if we are to have our trust grow in God. Part two of this series, we talked about the importance of serving, how we need to put ourselves in positions where we see God working. And the best way of doing that is by putting ourselves in position where we're serving others, where we're serving God. And when we do that, we see God work mightily in our lives. And it helps to strengthen our trust in Him. Today I want to talk yet about another thing that we can do to help strengthen our trust in Him. And it's very simple. It's probably something we don't often think about, but it really is something that we can do all the time. There isn't a time that we can't do this. In fact, what I'm about to share with you, you can incorporate into part one and part two of this sermon series. This is something that you can do often, but it's something that you need to do if you want to strengthen your trust in Him. And that is this. We need to understand his plan of salvation for our lives. We need to understand what it is that he has done, what it is that he is offering us, and we need to understand the plan of salvation. Now, the plan of salvation isn't something that we can understand overnight. It's not a, a, a Bible study that we can take and understand fully the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation, we are told, is something that we're going to be diving deep into for the rest of eternity. We're going to be learning about the plan of salvation, what he has done for us. But in order for us to build our trust in him, we need to start understanding that now. So, I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 17. We're going to look into this plan of salvation. Into the good news of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 17. We're going to scratch the surface here. Of what Christ has done for us. Verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense, that's Adam's offense, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace 
and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18, therefore, as through one man's offense, that being Adam's offense, judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation. Now, how many of you like to be judged? How many of you like to be condemned? I don't see the hands flying up. No one likes to be judged. No one likes to be condemned. But what, that's what sin has done. Sin has brought judgment and sin has brought condemnation. You know, oftentimes we think, well, that's what God's done. He's brought judgment. He's brought condemnation. Not so. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17 says, For I have not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might have life. You see, what God brings to us here today is life. What he brings to us is salvation. What he brings to us is righteousness through Jesus Christ. And so it says here in verse 18, therefore, as through one man's offense, that being Adam's offense, judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, that being the righteous act of Jesus Christ, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. How freeing and how beautiful that is. That through the righteous act of Jesus Christ, the righteous act of him dying on the cross for our sins, we can be justified of all of our sins. And the Bible tells us that if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It says here in verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience, that being Adam's disobedience, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, that being Jesus' beautiful, perfect obedience to God, many will be made righteous. So it's through the life through the obedience of the law that Jesus was able to upheld, that we are now saved from condemnation and judgment. How beautiful is that? Now, one thing about the salvation story, one thing of the plan of salvation, and and this is where I'm trying to, to convey to you all that as we study the plan of salvation, it helps to build trust in Him. One of the reasons that is true is because as you study and unpack the plan of salvation for your life, there are all these nuances to the plan of salvation that will come to light. And those nuances, as they come to light, will help strengthen your trust in Him. And let me share with you just one of those little nuances of the plan of salvation. Do you know that the plan of salvation is the same that it was from the beginning of time even to this day until the day he comes. 
In other words, the plan of salvation has never changed. It's always been the same. You know why that's significant to us? Because one of the things that we find trustworthy in people is when they're consistent. When someone is consistently good, you're able to say, you know what, I can trust that individual. I remember going to work with my father one day. I was young. He was working in a factory building mattresses, and he was in charge of building the frames for these mattresses. And so when I would come to, his fa- to the factory, which probably wouldn't be allowed in today's day and age, you know, but I would go and I would be there with all the workers and there'd be stapling guns all over the place and, and all this machinery and, and, you know, saws cutting the boards and all, all this fun stuff. As a child, I thought this was great, you know. And, and when I got there, I could help my dad. And when I got there after school, we were able to knock out a few more mattresses, a few more frames, and, and that way he can make a little bit more money. And so as he had this stapler gun and, and he'd be, you know, um, stapling these frames together, I would be laying the boards where they needed to be. I, I learned the system. And so he would just be following me. I'd be laying the boards and, and he'd be, you know, stapling away and we would get more mattresses done that way. I remember the day when he allowed me to take hold of that stapler gun. Oh man, was that exciting. I mean, I was a young little boy. I might have been like eight, nine years old. Can you imagine that happening in today's day and age? Am I dating myself here too much? But man, I remember he gave me that stapler. I could hardly hold it up. It was so heavy. But he'd put the boards on and I'd go, boom! You know, and it took me a while before I can control it just right because there needed to be two staples at every junction, right? So, pop, 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 And we would just knock them out, you know? But I I still remember the day that his boss came in and he put his arm around me and he said, we value your father here. He is always on time. He is always here. I can always count on him. He is consistent. He can be trusted. When we study the plan of salvation, one of the things we learn is that God's love is consistent. It is the same. It is unchanging. No matter if you're good or whether you're bad, God's love is the same. God cannot love you any more. He cannot love you any less. He loves you the same as yesterday, as he does today, as he will tomorrow. His love is constant. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love for you will never change. It is constant. It is the same. There are several passages in Scripture. If you're taking notes, jot these down so that you can read later. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, onward. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and on. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, all of these verses allude to the fact that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, before Jesus even created us, he knew that he would someday die for us. You know, there are some Christians out there, unfortunately, that think that the plan of salvation has changed from the Old Testament 
to the New Testament. They say, well, you know, he had this sacrificial system, you know, set up. And man, that was a complete failure. So God had to move on to to plan B and, and send his son. No. We know as we study and as we uncover the plan of salvation that it's been the same all along. Jesus Christ made a covenant with Adam and Eve. It is the same covenant that he makes with you and I that says, if you accept my life, you will be saved. If you allow me to take your sins to the cross, I will die for them. It is the same covenant. Now we hear the word new covenant often, but that word is not new as in brand spanking new. It is a word that refers to a renewed covenant. In other words, God made a covenant with Adam and Eve, and then we broke our part of the covenant, and so God steps in and says, okay, I'll renew that covenant with you. We make a covenant with God when we give our lives to him, and then we fall short on our part, on our side, and God steps in and says, okay, I'm going to renew this covenant with you once again. And so there's this idea that God miserably failed in the Old Testament and then now he had to go to plan B. That's not the case. You see, because we are told that the Old Testament system was only put in place to help people understand the plan of salvation. The system was only put in place to help people understand the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ would someday do for us. And so all the Old Testament stuff is pointing to the cross. That's all it's doing. It's pointing towards, it's it's pointing towards, forward to the cross. And now here today, we have an opportunity to look back to the cross. Everything centers around the cross of Jesus Christ. So you had the Old Testament sacrificial system where it was trying to help people point them forward to what was going to take place at the cross. Today, as we partake of the wine and the bread, all we're doing is we're looking back to what Christ did on the cross for us. But the plan of salvation has been the same. He is consistent with his love. He is trustworthy. I want to encourage you to take the time to, to dive deep and to study the plan of salvation. And this helps us to do that. Because as we study what all this means, it gives us a new insight and new light. It sheds light into what Christ has done for us. And when we recognize how constant his love, how constant his plan is for our lives, it renews, it strengthens our trust in him. So I want to encourage you all to please stay for this. It is meaningful. We'll read a few verses that will help you understand a little bit of of what we're doing. But I want to encourage you to spend time. You know, we're told that we should spend at least an hour a day reflecting and meditating on the cross, on what Jesus has done for us. We need to spend time just focusing and thinking about what Christ has done for us. It will only strengthen your trust in him. So at this time, I'd like to pray with you. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you and praise you for your goodness. 
for your constant love. Your word says that your mercy is new every morning. Just as the sun comes up, so is your love and mercy available to us. Lord, we want to trust in you wholeheartedly with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our our body. We want to trust in you. And today, we want to strengthen that trust in you. And we do so by taking time to study the plan of salvation for our lives. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to Anchor Points with Robert Quintana and part three of In God We Trust. If you would like to hear or share this message and find others like it, you can subscribe to our podcast at ariseforgod.com or by searching Anchor Points on iTunes. You can also follow Anchor Points on Facebook. And did you know that nearly half of those who have won the lottery have spent all of their winnings within five years? There's something about money that drives us to do things we normally wouldn't. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Next week, Robert Quintana begins a three-part series offering biblical principles when it comes to your money with It's a Heart Thing. We appreciate you listening. This program is produced by Word of Mouth Productions in cooperation with Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church. And remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose. Hey, it's me again. And I promise not to bother you for a while. Just hope you enjoyed the program today. And if so, and it meant something to you, we would be honored if you would consider giving a gift of support to keep this ministry on the air. It can't exist without the generosity of people like you. Remember, your gift is completely tax deductible to the full extent of the law. And you can know that you've made a difference in lives here in the Frederick area by helping to spread a message of hope. Gifts of all sizes are appreciated. So again, thank you for taking a moment to make that gift to Anchor Points. You can make a secure pledge online at ariseforgod.org and click online giving to make a secure pledge. Or call us during the week during business hours at 301-662-5254. 301-662-5254. Okay, I'm done. And thanks again.